Can I have you guys all stand on your feet as we continue to worship? on now. All right. Thank you, Joe. All right. You can go ahead and remain standing. <laughs> I got you there, right? Everybody's like, all right. Guess what? You're already standing. Well, this morning we were blessed. We had a great time yesterday. Pastor Notch did a good job. And uh, this morning is going to be no different. Uh, and so uh, I see some notes up here and it looks like it's going to be a good word of God. Amen. So this morning, come on, can we give a special welcome to uh, our executive pastor here at New Harvest Norwalk.
Pastor Sergio Romo. You. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hi, I'm Pastor Sergio Romo. My wife and I, Tony, have been here at the Norwalk Church since 1989. Uh, prior to that, as, as disciples here at the church, I never felt like I was called to go out and pastor. Um, never felt the desire to go. But I, I do know there was, uh, after serving here about 10 years and as a disciple and uh, being involved in the church, we were involved in home Bible studies. Um, we were doing follow-up. Uh, we also, I was involved in the band. I was a song leader, one of the song leaders here. And I, I remember feeling kind of out of place. Uh, something wasn't right. And I talked to my wife about it and uh, told her I'm not in sin. I'm not doing anything wrong. It's just when I come to church, I, I just feel different. And uh, she asked me, what do you think it is? And I told her, I think we need to leave and go and pastor. And she was kind of shocked by that because for years I just denied being called. I didn't want to go. I didn't feel like I was called to go, but something wasn't right. And so I talked to our pastor and, and within six months we were gone. We were sent to Echo Park a District there in LA and uh, very excited about serving there. And then in 1989, Pastor Salazar asked if I would come and, and uh, help assist here. And that's what we've been doing. Great decision, um, love pastoring. I love it and I've uh, been blessed all of these years. Hey Lord, let me see this. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Ah, what a great, great conference been going on. I've been enjoying uh, the little testimonies of how all of our pastors, uh, personally how God called them. And uh, the reason why we did that is so that um, you can see that every one of us was called differently. You know, it, it, each one of us has our own personal relationship with God and the way God called us in the ministry was personal and different. And if God's calling you, you need to understand that it's unique for you. It's a unique call in your life and however God's gonna do it, he's gonna do it. But I remember one day and, and uh, thinking, uh, the thought came into my mind, maybe you're supposed to go and pastor. And I, I remember thinking the devil's lying to me. <laughs> but immediately after that thought, I was thinking, why would the devil lie to me like that? Why would the devil tell me to go and pass? I, I didn't, I, man, I used to drink in bars all the time. I don't ever remember one time sitting in a bar stool and the devil going, you need a pastor. Stop drinking, go home, go to a church and start pastoring. That never happened. And so I knew it was God and it was an exciting time in our lives. Uh, this has nothing to do with my sermon, but when we were doing this, I was thinking of Pastor Salazar, and it's always, I want to bring this up because it's really good. It always stood in my heart the way God called him to England. Uh, he was pastoring in Las Vegas, and he was uh, coming to conference here in Norwalk. And as him and his wife, Nancy, were driving from Las Vegas down the 15 to come here to Norwalk, uh, they got stuck in a bunch of traffic. And... Uh, they were behind a truck. You know, those of us live here in California, those big trucks that say England on it, he's behind this truck for quite a while because of traffic. England, England, England. And by the time he got here, God had spoke to him, you're going to England. 
amazing, amazing, amazing. And I always enjoyed that because that's the way God calls us. It's just a small, still voice that tells us, go, go. And he does it to every single one of us in a different way. And so, brother, sister, if you're called, whatever it is God's called you to do, but especially if he's called you to go and pastor and, and preach, just do it. Just do it. Well, today I'm going to be uh, speaking on something that's very close to my heart. I was uh, listening to uh, Pastor Robert this morning. He was preaching. He was talking about signs and something about beware of dog signs and guns and stuff. But I remember seeing this sign, and, and it's something I wanted to get for my house. And it's a sign. You know, one of those like a real estate sign you put in front of your house. And it says, there's an arrow pointing to your neighbor next door, and it says, my neighbor doesn't own a gun. And um, I always thought that was really good, especially if you have a neighbor you don't like. I need one with two arrows, actually. No, I'm just done. I think we all know we live in a society today that's um, concerned over self. We've been hearing that in quite a few sermons uh, this week. Uh, we're, we're concerned about our lives. We're concerned about our cars and our homes and our clothes and our jobs. We heard, you know, we're concerned about selfies and, and uh, you know, our likes on social media. I, I, I hear that a lot. I'm not on social media. I, I don't know what that means. I'm sure if I was on, I'd have a whole bunch of likes. I'm, I'm just... I'm, <laughs> Kind of convinced of that, but I. And all of these point to desire to make our, our own personal environment as comfortable as possible. That's what we want. We're trying to make our own personal space, our own personal surroundings as comfortable as we possibly can. And that's what all of these things are for. And so today I'm going to be teaching about taking care of God's house. Um, Minding God's store. I know for some of you, as you saw the title of the message, where's that? Oh, there it is. Minding the store, the kingdom needs entrepreneurs. I'm sure you're probably thinking, Pastor Sergio's going to be talking on Christian businessmen, and I'm not going to do that. I know nothing about business. Nothing. Before I got saved, Pastor Salazar is my brother-in-law. He's married to my sister, and so uh, he's known me since I was 12 years old, and I've known him since he was 16 years old. Uh, he's been in our family and our lives. He's not even, when I talk about him, I say brother-in-law. It feels weird. He's not a brother to us. I mean, brother-in-law, he's our brother and very much a part of our family. But um, I, him and Sister Nancy did very well in the world as far as business is concerned and, and the managing of their finances. And I remember right before they got saved, uh, they were going to buy a couple of liquor stores. I hope you don't mind me letting everybody know that you used to drink. But... Uh, <laughs> Because none of us did, and so it's kind of weird thinking about it. But uh, he was going to buy a couple of liquor stores, and he asked me if I would manage one of them. Because him and Nancy were going to be in the high-rent district. They were looking at a liquor store in a high-rent district, and him and Nancy were going to take, take care of that one. And then he was looking at another one in the ghetto, and that's where I came in. <laughs> and so we sat down one day, and we went over the business plan. And I told him, how much am I going to make? This is how good of a businessman I am. So how much am I going to make? And he said, well, I'm thinking about 
maybe $2 an hour and all the beer you can drink. <laughs> and I'm telling you, that just sounded so good. <laughs> it was like, where do I sign? You know, like, so I'm not here to talk about business. I'm the last man you want to talk about that. The question today is, do we show the same devotion to making sure that we take care of God's house as well as we do taking care of our own personal lives? Because we take very good care of our personal lives, don't we? We take very good care. And so again, that's why I'm teaching today on minding the store, the kingdom needs entrepreneurs. The kingdom of God needs people that will watch over God's house and take care of it. Haggai chapter one and verse five. We're going all the way to verse 11. Haggai says these words. It says, now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, this is why. This is why nothing is left in our pockets or in our hands. Everything we seem to touch sometimes just flows through our fingers. He says, this is why. Because my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house, therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought in the fields and the mountains on the grain and the new wine, the oil and whatever the ground produces on men and cattle and on the labor of your hands. God cares about how his house is taken care of. He cares. God cares about the building. And God cares about the people. So why does he care? Why does he care so much about the building? Why does he care so much about the people? Church, it's very simple. It's a direct reflection on him. It's a direct reflection on him. People walk into the house of God and if it just looks sloppy and a mess, that's how they start to think about God. That's why he rebuked the people and says, you're not taking care of my house. You're not taking care of it. So the first thing I want to look at this morning is your home church. Your home church. Let me ask you a question this morning. Uh, do you feel any personal responsibility to the church that you're a member of? A personal responsibility. I understand there's responsibilities in the church, and we, we all know that, but I mean a personal responsibility, something that you know that you need to do, a personal responsibility to the church. Do you feel personally responsible to contribute, contribute in some way, somehow, I'm supposed to be doing something in the house of God, something. And I don't mean just giving your tithe and offering, because, you know, I, I'm sure probably mostly all of us do that. 
But, but it goes beyond that. It goes way beyond that. I'm actually about, talking about actually being involved and active in the work of your home congregation, what you're involved in. And pastors, let me bring this up because I know we're be sitting here and we're thinking about the church and our people. But pastors, I, I want you to think about your home church because you all have a home church. And so you're responsible to your home church also to make sure those needs are taken care of, that, that things are, 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 are looked after, that the needs are met there in your home church. I was here the um, other night and the altar call was made and I saw people come up to the altar and um, one of our pastors that's out now is, uh, used to be involved in our care ministry and there was somebody that was up here that um, nobody was praying for and I saw the corner of my eye, he got up and he started to walk to them and then it dawned on him, I, I'm a pastor now, this isn't my church and he looked around and then somebody caught his eye to come and pray for that person. And, and it was just amazing. This was his home church. And he was still concerned and worried about whether people were being prayed for, whether everything looked good, that everything and everybody was doing what they were supposed to be doing. And he's not a pastor here. I mean, he's not a disciple here anymore. Paul wrote Romans chapter 14 and verse 12. Apostle Paul says, every one of us will give an answer to God about himself. Every single one of us will give an answer about himself to God. The Bible also says in Ephesians chapter 9 and verse 10, for God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Everything we do, church, everything you do, brother and sister, is going to be brought into an account. And everything we don't do. These scriptures show you and I that each of us as individuals will stand before God and give an account. We're going to give an account. We're going to stand before God and give an account. And that is so crucial and that is so important. I'm going to have to give an account of what I did with my talents and my abilities, whether I think I have talents or abilities or not. We'll speak about that in a moment, but every single one of us, God has given us something. And he's given us all something so that we can fulfill our personal responsibility in the house of God. Every single one of us. It's kind of like a clock, if you think about a clock. Every part in that clock has to work, whether it's how small it may be. You know, we look at the hands, and that's so crucial. But behind the hands of a clock, I mean... We, we know what's in it. We've seen it in, in, you know, in magazines, and maybe you've dropped one, and the insides came out. I don't know, but we know. I mean, there's little tiny springs. There's little tiny gears in the clock. All of those things have to work together in order to make that clock work properly, in order for it to tell time properly. Every single part in that clock is crucial. It's important. And it's that same way in the house of God. Every single individual is important and crucial for that church to operate properly. And if one of those parts goes, I am not interested, the whole thing stops. Every part must do its own work. Brothers, sisters, so do you. 
you have a part to do, and you have to do it. Because if you don't do it, the church doesn't run the way it needs to be run. It's not happening the way it has to be happening. So I don't care how small of a part you think you play, you are important, and it's crucial. We need to remember that each member of the Lord's body is important. We, we all have something to do. The Bible says we're all members of the same body. We're all members. We can't expect others to do our job. Sometimes we do that, don't we? Expect others to do our job. And that's not what they're called to do. They're called to do their job. And so when I don't do my job and somebody else has to do it, that's not their responsibility. That's not how God gifted them, as Pastor Robert was talking about gifts this morning. Second of all, I want to look at our talents and our abilities. Lord has not given us all the same talents and the same abilities. But understand this, church, he has given us all the talent and all an ability. It's just not the same. What God has given me is not what he's given you. And I know we've all sat there and go, you know, there's, there's people, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're good looking and they play guitar and they sing and they can, they can dance and they can, you know, they got nice clothes and, you know, they, got, they just do everything. It's like, I, I just want to do one of those things. Just one, just give me one good thing to do. But the fact is, is God has given us all talents and abilities. It's just not the same ones. Mine's different from yours. Yours are different from mine. Matthew chapter 25, in the verse 14, Jesus said these words. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, and to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Notice Jesus said he gave to each according to his own ability. God has given you a talent according to your ability, not my ability. He's given me a talent according to my ability, and yours is different. So each one of us has a talent. Each one of us has an ability, and some more than one, according to your ability, according to what you're able to do, according to what God wants you to do. And so we all have to do our job. We all do it. And you and I can't get by on the fact that other members are in their place and they're doing their work for the church or they're in their place doing their job for the fellowship. Well, Seems like the job's getting done. That's not what God has called us to do. He's called each of us to do our own job. We've got our own place in this fellowship. We, you have your own place in your church. And so that's what you do. That's what you have to do. But sometimes you step back and it's like, man, everything seems to be going really well. Everything seems to be going really good without me. That's not God's plan. Something's not right. Something's being left behind. Something is not getting done. Or it's getting done, but it's not getting done properly. You know, there's holes that are in the walls sometimes in this church. I mean, you can imagine all the people and the school and the children. And I was talking to the sister in the hallway a few months ago, and, and she had her grandchildren or children with her. I don't know. And these kids are like running and jumping on the walls and kicking it and and, you know, I wanted to tell her, come on, sister, uh, sheesh. 
but you can't, you know, because they'll leave the church. <laughs> Just keep your mouth shut. But if Pastor Richard told me you were standing right there, and that kid put a hole in the wall, so fix the wall. Oh, he doesn't want me fixing the wall. It looked better with a hole in it than me trying to patch it. I don't have that talent. But we have people in this church, man, they can fix a wall and you'd have no clue that there was a hole there. They're just good. They're good. That's their ability. They come and they fix things. They do things. Whatever it is, everybody has a job to do. Everybody. I have responsibilities to this church. I have responsibilities to this fellowship. I have responsibilities. There's things I have to do. I've been doing them for a long time, but that's what God has called me to do. And you have your responsibilities and things that God has called you to do. You and only you. And others may be filling it in and taking care of it, and, but that doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it right. God has something for you. Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 14. It says, Now I exhort you, brethren, warn those who, unruly, who are unruly to comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, and be patient with all. The word unruly is a military term, and, and that, uh, that term just means to be disorderly. To be disorderly. And in the military, you're talking about someone who leaves or deserts their ranks or deserts their posts. They're not where they're supposed to be. And the Apostle Paul calls them unruly. They left their post. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. Can you imagine a building? You know, they build a building. You just start taking a brick out one at a time. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. Eventually, that building's going to collapse. Every brick has to be where it's supposed to be for that building to stand strong and accomplish what that building was called to do. And so every single one of us that are here this morning, and even those that aren't here this morning, we've been called to do something special and important in the house of God. In the house of God. We're having a fantastic conference and all the pastors of all of our churches were encouraged to send in some finances. As you can see, there's a lot going on here during conference. Some of you are getting rides back and forth to your car in a golf cart. I love golf, but I don't have my own golf cart. <laughs> None of those belong to me. It's had to be rented. There's all kinds of things going on. How many are enjoying the free donuts and coffee? <laughs> Anybody ask how much this costs? No, but because your pastor participated financially in this conference, the need was met. Every pastor had to do their part to make this conference successful. How many of you have small kids and, you know, they turn all the lights on in the house. You tell them, turn the light off, turn it off. They go in the backyard for a moment at night and they turn the back porch light on, a little 100-watt bulb, and you tell them, turn the, back, turn the light off when you come in. Look, can you imagine what one floodlight costs to run? Do you know how many floodlights are in this building just that we're sitting in here right now? Ah! But, anybody hot right now? 
Ah. Some of you have sweaters on. Getting a little cold, except the guys from England. They're, they're like, it's kind of warm around here. No, your pastor participated and did his job, did his part for this conference. There's a need there, and met the need, and took care of the house of God. But now we bring it back to your own, your own personal home church, and there's things that have to be done in that church, and that church needs you, needs you. Second Timothy chapter two and verse three and four. Apostle Paul says, therefore, you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. We are not to entangle ourselves in the affairs of this life. Oh my gosh. Ah. All the affairs of our life, all the things that take place, yes, we have to do them. But sometimes we get entangled in them. They become more important than the house of God. I was thinking about conference. You know, remember we used to have conferences in November. We had them in, in, in July, and then we also had them in, in uh, November. We used to have two conferences here in Norwalk a year. It's, it was all, always like it is now, the third week in November. The third week in November, my daughter, my youngest daughter's birthday is, no, is November 16th. It was always during conference. My young daughter grew up thinking the Saturday after conference was her birthday. When conference came around, she was so excited because Saturday is my birthday. We never celebrated her birthday during conference. Never. Never. Didn't even tell her happy birthday. Because then she'd say, why are you telling me happy birthday today? And where's my cake? And we didn't have time for either one. It's conference. It's conference. Saturday's your birthday. We'll have a good time on Saturday, but not today. It, and it sounds so simple. And let me tell you, church, it is simple. It is. When God's number one in your life, it's simple. It is so simple. But we make it difficult. We make it confusing. We make it well, it's, it's, my, you know, it's, it's our wedding anniversary. Well, yeah. But you don't have to do it during conference, man. You can do it next week. I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, come on. You don't even remember it anyways. Your wife has to remind you. Soldier needs to be totally dedicated to his work. Soldier's not entangled in the fair. Can you imagine a soldier going up to a sergeant? You or Sarge, Pastor Rubin. Sarge, I'm sorry. It's my daughter's birthday. I'm going to have to... Not fight today. Oh my gosh. Soldier doesn't become entangled in the affairs of his life. Soldier is one who endures hardship. Soldier is one who is responsible to his duties no matter what. And I understand there's always an exception to the rule. I understand that. 
We're living in a day of an age, a day of age and a generation that it's become the rule. It's become the rule. We had a new baby, and you know the baby needs diapers. I won't be able to go to church tonight. It's like, are you kidding me? Really? I'm, I'm not. Hey, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm not joking. Just put the baby in the sink and get over here. Don't do that. Don't do that. My wife left. I, I can't change diapers. I never have been. I, I just I have one of those stomachs like I'll make a worse mess than trying to clean up the one I'm trying to clean up. My wife left my, our baby with us one day and, and uh, she went shopping and the baby needed to be changed and I started to change the diaper and went, oh, oh I can't do this. Oh. I, got the, I went and grabbed the baby and went over to the shower and turned the shower on and sucked the baby in, in there and just, oh, man, and uh, splashing all over the place. I should have oh, wore a hazmat suit with a mask, and oh, my gosh. Oh, the diapers fell, and oh, man. Oh, rinsed the baby off and shut the door, and it's like, oh, my gosh. My wife came home and said, how was it? Everything looks okay. I'm going, uh, you got to clean the shower. Oh, it was a mess. Third of all, I want to talk about the incredible rewards for being a faithful servant. I just want to encourage those of you out there who are serving Christ with your whole heart. If you're serving for the right reasons, you're definitely in line for a reward that is so huge, you can't even imagine it. A reward that is so huge, you can't even phantom it, the scripture tells us. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. The writer of the Corinthians says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Think about that. It's a scripture that you and I need to read again and again and again and again. And I don't think many of us are giving as much attention to it as we should. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So God's preparing for you and I. Can't even think of it. Never seen it. We've never heard it. We can't even imagine it. But God's preparing for us. Jesus told every single one of us to deny ourselves in this life. He's told every single one of us that we need to be willing to lose our life for the gospel. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 27 says, For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then... He will reward each according to his works. And then, and then, and then, our problem is we want it now. Don't we? 
Where's all these rewards? I want them now. And the scripture says, and then. Got to wait. Got to wait. Doesn't mean we're not blessed now. I'm blessed. I am blessed, church. I, and, and you know what I'm talking about. Life's not perfect. Things aren't going the way I would like them to be going right now. Just like most of you should have been dead a long time ago. I remember as a young man when my wife and I were having issues before we were married. I, I remember I wasn't even saved, but I, I remember standing there and I was crying like a baby because she didn't want to have nothing to do with me. And I loved her so much. And I remember praying and saying, Lord, I will do anything. I just want to grow old with her. That's all I want. I just want to grow old with her. Ah, he gave that to me. Her with me is not the bad part. It's a growing old I'm not too crazy about, but here I am, wrinkles and all. As the worship team comes up, if you believe in God and if you believe in Jesus and if you believe in the gospel, the church believe that rewards are promised to you and I. Rewards are promised to you and I. Let them motivate you. Let them encourage you. Do your best to glorify God, everything you do. Do your best to serve your congregation, to serve your church, to serve your fellowship. Help strengthen the kingdom here on earth. Strengthen it. Do all that you can in the church. Colossians chapter three and verse 23, and I will close with this. Paul writes these words. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. And listen to what he says there in verse 24. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Ah. Lord Christ we are serving not ourselves it's him it always has been him and it always will be him let's serve the Lord every head bowed, every eye closed just for a moment excellent messages today. Talking to Pastor Danny Casas Jr. between breaks and asked him how his class went. He was teaching on gifts of the Holy Spirit concerning speaking in tongues and he said we had quite a few people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues this morning. Ah. Oh my gosh. Listen to Pastor Robert Romero. Excellent message. Sister Barbara Casas, speaking on the weapons of our warfare. What a fantastic woman in the Lord she is. 
always comes to the mind and the heart and the voice of God. Always, always, always. I know for my wife, Sister Barbara is one of her favorite speakers. She loves hearing Sister Barbara Casas speak. And so if there's anybody here this morning that does not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to be very honest with you. You have no excuse not to accept him this morning. None. Very powerful men of God that I just mentioned. Speak the word of God directly into our hearts. If there's anybody here this morning that you need to ask Christ to come into your life, you came to this conference not really knowing what to expect, but you do know that your life isn't right. You do know that your heart is out of alignment with the heart of God. You do know that you want a new life. And friend, I'm here to tell you, the only way you're gonna get a new life is in Christ. As you make a commitment to serve him, it changes your life. And if there's anybody here that needs to ask Christ into their heart this morning, would you simply just raise up your hand? Just raise it up. Everybody's, everybody's eyes closed. They're all praying. If that's you, would you raise your hand real quick? Raise it up. Raise it up. We just want to pray with you this morning. Raise it up. Raise it up real fast. We're just going to assume that everybody here is saved. If, if you need to ask Christ in your heart, raise up your hand. To everybody else this morning, Pastor Danny Casas, Pastor Robert Romero, Sister Barbara Casas. Word of God just doesn't get any better than that. And I know there was words that were spoken sometime today that have challenged your heart, have challenged your relationship with God. And this morning the altar is open. You come. You come and, and you cement that commitment that you've made that commitment that you've made in your heart this morning. You come. You come and you find a place at this altar. Come. Let the Lord know, Lord, here's my life. Here's my life. Hallelujah. 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 Can you, Jesus? You restore every heart that is broken.
Pastor Sergio, thank you so much for that this morning. Thank you, Jesus. God has just been spoiling us this week. Can you say amen? Every breakout, every session, everything that's been taking place, thank you, Jesus, for all he's been doing. And tonight is going to be no different. We look forward this evening to hearing from Pastor Tom Watson uh, this evening as we meet back here tonight. So we look forward to that. Praise God. Uh, we'll be back here at 6 o'clock uh, for prayer. Uh, 7 o'clock uh, service will begin. So uh, please have uh, a great afternoon, and we'll see you back here. Be safe as you exit the parking lot. God bless you. You're dismissed. Amen. If I could get everyone's attention, there will be a pastor's meeting uh, taking place tomorrow at 11.15 a.m. At 11.15 a.m. Uh, so I will uh, do another reminder there. Room 24. 11.15 a.m. tomorrow. Room 24. Pastor's meeting. Thank you. of me.